Good evening. Good evening. A special thank you to David Solomon for uh, sponsoring this evening. And the title is Olam HaSheker, a world of illusion or a lie, deceit, um, living in a divinely produced movie. So, uh, for those who are not as so familiar, um, how, mu how much of a movie would you say is real? How much of it? Yeah. A person is watching a movie on a screen. How much of the movie is actually real? The titles at the end. Sorry? The titles at the end. Who played? The titles at the end reveal what? Who was acting? So how much of it was real? Nothing. Um, how about if you're actually a cameraman and you're standing behind the camera and what you see inside the, within the frame of your lens, you see the actor interfacing with another actor, uh, so you're physically there. It's not now on screen where it's just light that's actually being projected onto a white surface. So how much, of the, how much of the movie is real for the cameraman? Not much. As big as his lens. As big as his lens? Not much. How do you define real? Okay, let's define real. So um, in answer to this question, uh, what are the actors doing? Are they being real? Are they saying their own words? They're following a script. And who wrote the script? Someone else, the script writer. So they're, by definition, they're acting. So how much of what the cameraman is actually watching is real? It's still nothing. Do, do you agree? So what, what is it that Chazal mean when they say that this is called Olam HaSheker? Which is a very strong term. It, it, means, it means fake. It means it's, it's not true, it's false. Olam HaDimyan, it's an illusion. Olam HaChayshech, it's darkness as opposed to light, which is clarity. So darkness is really a metaphor, it's a marshal of, of lack of clarity. Um, the closest you're going to get to a kind description that Chazal will give, Olam Hazeh, is a prusdor. It's an entrance hall or reception hall to the actual banquet itself, the trunklin, where the real party is going to take place. But the real question you're now asking, which is really a fair question, well, we have to define reality. So, how does Hashem define reality? Because that's the only reality that's real. If he, through the mouthpiece, so to speak, of Chazal, calls this world Olam Hazer, Olam HaSheker, Olam HaDimyon, Olam HaKhoshech, Olam HaNesoyen, that's about pretty much most, most, if not all, the terms that I'm at least uh, familiar with. Um, so, there is a Olam HaMS. So, how does HaKadosh Baruch Hu define reality? Any suggestions? What, what do we say the last three words 
every single morning and evening of the end of Kriyachma. Hashem Elokeichem Emes. So uh, Rabbi Shimon Schwab of Blessed Memory uh, told me that the word Emes, unfortunately translated as truth, which is, uh, I'm not going to tell you which religion translated it that way, but um, it's, not, it's not the whole truth, but it's certainly part of the truth. The, the word Emes contains truth, but that's not what it actually translates correctly as. He said the tr- correct translation is reality. The first letter Aleph, the last letter Taf, and the middle letter of the alphabet is Mem. So they're perfectly juxtapositioned because the Aleph, as we mentioned in a different presentation, based on the Vilna Gaon in Bava Kama Nunhei, who tells us the meaning of any letter is identified by first appearing where it first appears in the Torah at the beginning of a word. So the letter Aleph appears at the beginning of the word Elohim. The letter Taf appears in the word Toihu. Mem is juxtaposition exactly in the middle. Mem is always the transference point between two extremes. Mem in Gematra is marble is 40. Marble is 40 days, 40 nights. My Imoi, the womb of the mother, the embryo, hasn't yet determined its gender till 40 days in the womb of its mother. Uh, Mutton Torah was after 40, uh, took place over a 40-day period. Uh, Midbar, we were transforming ourselves from slaves to Parai to Avdeh Hashem. So Mem is always a transference point. The marble was a transference of transformation from a world of chaos, immorality, decadence to a new start. Uh, Mutton Torah was preceded by 2,000 years of toyu, of no Torah, no clarity, that's what Torah really means. And now Hashem is giving us His clarity to the world through the Jewish people. So emet really means reality. It's the highest point of Ruchnius, Aleph is Elohim, to the lowest point in Gashmir is toyu. And that's why the letter Ois has to be spelt Aleph, Vav, Taf, because Aleph is the first starting point in Ruchnius, and Taf is the lowest point in Gashmias, and Vav is a hook. In English you translate it as and, because the Vav hooks, connects Ruchnius to Gashmias through the Isis. The letters of the Torah are Hashem's mind, Kaviachol, being communicated to us through the, the Torah. So, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he's the only real MS, but everything he's created in terms of the Torah itself, oh, that's his mind. So that's also MS. Torah's MS. But he calls this world Olam HaSheker. So let me ask you, what does science call this world? In the, in the world of science, how much of this physical world is actually physical? And how much of it is not physical? Well, it depends on what physical matter you want to actually identify, but you take granite, for example, take solid rock, how much of it is actually solid rock and how much of it is actually empty space? Excellent. Ten points. Gryffindor, excellent. Uh, Physical matter take granite for example, is mostly empty space. 99.999, you actually have to go 12 points later. 
So it's 99.9999999999% empty space. The amount of physical matter, scientifically speaking, is 0. Point, now you've got to go 13 digits till you get 13 points till you get to the 1. It's, it's 0.0000000000001% solid matter. And that's because, well now thanks to the microscope, we're actually able to look at something that's otherwise in the physical world that you and I appear to live in and physically interface with. That physical matter is made up of atoms, neutrons, protons, but it's moving so fast that it appears that the empty space in between, when you and I have a physical reaction, a physical interface with that item, you and I actually hit solid rock. But the reality is the vast majority of it is actually not solid at all. It's mostly empty space. So it's interesting, in the world of science, they've done a turnaround. It didn't used to be this way. It used to be that the axiom of scientific observation, that's the key word, was you can only measure what's observable. What you can't see needs to be proven to exist if you can't measure it. But now what science is saying is actually 180 degrees in the other direction. What you can't see is real. What you see is not real. That's interesting. So they claim if you took the whole of planet Earth and sucked out all the empty space between all the atoms, what would be left approximately is the size of a basketball. It may have the same density, the same weight as planet Earth, but in terms of physical matter, that's what it would be reduced to. So it comes out that even in the world of science, in the physical world, they would admit that the vast majority of what you and I experience is actually not physical. That's remarkable. So it's much closer to an Olam Hadimian, even before you make any leap of faith, HaKadosh Baruch says, I'm the only MS. My Torah is the only MS. I deliberately created a movie in which you and I exist but really, we live inside Hashem's illusion. He does that deliberately so that we're constantly going through the challenge of trying to align ourselves with his MS. What's his MS? Hakol Bideshamayim. How much is Hakol? 80%, 90, 95, 97, 98, 100. Oh, there's no room for less. No. Okay, so hakol b'dei shemaim chutz mirat shemaim. So the only th only thing that exists outside of everything Hashem has created, everything is is our yirat shemaim. Where is our yirat shemaim? Where? Our pinky, elbow, kneecap. Hmm. <laughs> It's in our lave, and, and the correct translation for lave is, it really means mind. It can also mean heart. It actually is both simultaneously, because you can't feel what you're not thinking all the time. That's why you can't have, a, you can't have two separate words for lave. Rabois machashavois ber lave ish. Where do you do your thinking? 
You and I have lots of plans, lots of thoughts, but it's only Hashem's eights is what's going to count in the end. So let's look at that for a few seconds. Yosef is, Yosef Atzadik is busy running Mitzrayim, but in the words of Chazal, he's, he's mourning the separation between him and his father. Yehuda is busy with sackcloth, he's mourning in Avelus for the loss of his son Er and Oinan and his wife Baschira. He's also mourning for the fact that he's partially responsible for the sale of, of uh, his brother and now the incredible anguish and pain that that has caused Yaakov Avinu. Ruvain, Medrash Rabba, is busy with sackcloth. He's also mourning because he switched the, the meat to the bed of his father and um, in the end because of that he actually lost his his right to be Bechar. Um, what's Hashem busy doing? While Yaakov Avinu is busy mourning the loss of his favorite son, the one that he saw was most like him, his favorite wife, if you want to call it that, and was going to be the continuation after Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, Yosef. So Yaakov Avinu is in mourning. And what's Hashem busy doing? Says the Medrash, Rabbis Mahashavais Belevish. What's Hashem busy doing? He's busy doing two things. One, preparing Mitzrayim for Klal Yisrael to come down to as part of a, an, a broader Nevoah, eventually come out, and he's also preparing for the coming of Mashiach with Yehuda and Tamar. So we're busy focused on a world that in Hashem's reality is closer to truth or closer to fake. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a full, complete perception. Because the word MS really means reality. It's the full picture. It's from the Olam Aruchni, it's down to Olam Gashmis, and only HaKadosh Baruch Hu can ever have that type of clarity. It's impossible for you and I. That's why you will never... The Sharish uh, Teshuva brings that when a Dayan paskins a Shaila, it can never be 100% MS. It can't. Because they say, uh, th this person's Chayav Misa, or has to go to jail. But how do you not take into account the wife and children who for the years that this person's incarcerated um, hasn't got a leader in the family and, and, and a, a breadwinner? How, how can you not take that into account? So even though the Psak is 100% MS, Lefita Tenu, only a Kodesh Baruch is called Dayan Ha MS. And our declaration of that is Dafka specifically when we experience what you and I would, have, we have to agree, is called tragedy, the loss of a, uh, of a loved one. We actually make the declaration where we are training in God's reality that He is perfectly just. In the big picture, there are no mistakes ever. It's impossible. So the only reality is Hashem, His Torah, and you, who is only alive because of because of the divine intelligence that was breathed into you at the moment that your neshama came into you. Because your neshama 
as Chazal, well, actually, it's not, it's not, I don't think it's a Chazal, I think it's just uh, um, the Mepharshim, especially uh, Hasidic Sfarim, tell us that you are Chelik Elokah Mimal. It's a pasuk from Eov, but you are Chelik Elokah Mimal, in the sense that when a Baruch Hu breathed into Adam, Adam Arishain, a Nefesh Chaya, the language there is Vayipach Ba'apav Nishmas Chayim. He blew into his nostrils a soul of Chaim. Chaim translates, we've said this before, as For those still awake? <laughs> what does Chaim translate as? Yes? Uh, it translates correctly as lives. It's, it's in plural, because it's, it's Lashon Rabbim, it's not Lashon Yachid. So, HaKadosh Baruch Hu breathed into man a soul of lives. What do you mean lives? Because it exists in all dimensions, this world and in the next. In fact, <coughs> Rashi actually brings this, but you'll, you'll find it in the Zohar, Parshas Lech Lecha, that every night you and I go to sleep, our neshama goes to Shemaim and gives a full report. I don't know what else it does there. Um, so about a third of our lives is actually spent in Olam Ha'emes. Well, depending on how much you sleep, but a quarter to a third of our lives is, spell, is actually spent in Olam Ha'emes. We say Kritchamalamita, just in case we don't come back next morning. We say Elokai Neshama, and we, we thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that is Machsi Neshama, is Lifkarim Mesim, that we woke up, is a certain beginner of Tchiasa Mesim, because when we're asleep, it's a little bit of Misa, and the fact that he blew back the Neshama back into us, or returned it to us, the Neshama in you is also MS. It's reality. And it's always there, and it's always communicating. I don't always hear it, because there's something that's interfering. What's interfering with my, my listening to Hashem that's in me? We all have divine intelligence. It's, a, it's, a, it's remarkable. The divine intelligence inside us is beyond, beyond, beyond remarkable. And the moment of conception, it's really a chazal, but I'm just expanding on it a little bit. I think it's a nidah tesayin, that this little tipa surucha Hashem holds up, what's going to be with this one zera, this seed? What's going to be with it? Tipesh or hacham? What's going to be with it? Tzadik of Russia, oh, loyaymah. That's hakol b'deshamayim So you and I live inside this illusion, this movie, which is divinely produced to make it look like it's real. But the reality is, only Hashem's real, the Torah is real, and the neshama breathed into you that's constantly keeping you alive. That's divine intelligence that's powered by your neshama, that's powered by Hashem. That's reality. The Yirat Shemaim is taking place over here. Chazal tells us, you find this in lots of different places, it's, it's the same type of Lashem, the Seichel, that is the neshama. The Das, the Das you have is really your neshama. Even in Shulchan Aruch, and I think it's Simon Chavhei, Sifhei, uh, talks about wearing tefillin on the Rosh, connected the Mayach, opposite your brain, Shehu, because that is the place of your Seichel and where your Neshama is. Even though your Neshama fills your entire goof, that's what Chazal tell us, I think Dafir in Brachas, our whole body is filled with the Neshama, we're powered by it. But, the, but Chazal identified that the control tower is really over here, the brain, the mind. The brain is a physical house of the neshama, which is housed in the... So your mind and your das, seichel, they're synonymous. So how does this help us? 
So if Yerush Shemayim is taking place where? Inside of our mind. What do we really mean by that? We, t- we use the Lashon of Bechira, and we usually translate that as free will. What is free will? The simple mechanics is not mysterious. The choice that you and I make, a decision, that's free will. What is, what is that? We're just breaking this down to the simplest element. And the answer is, we've mentioned it a few times, is whatever you are thinking in that moment. So, if we say that simcha is actually a choice, happiness is actually a choice, what we mean by that is that a person is choosing in that moment to think about something in his life that's a blessing, a virtue, a kindness that Hashem has given to us, chesed kel kol that's the reality. His kindness is all day long, 24 7, 365, 120. His kindness is constant. It's never-ending. That's the reality. That's why someone of the towering stature of David Amalekh can actually say, You've already gifted. You've already given. Nasata simcha velibi. You've already gifted happiness in my mind. We translate the word levas also as heart most of the time, but really it means mind because you can't separate the two. It's impossible for you to feel anything other than what you're thinking. It's impossible. And you can't have more than one thought at one moment. It's impossible. Dr. Sarno, some of you may be familiar with his work, made a very interesting observation that when a person is in pain... A person could have pain in different parts of the body, but your mind can only register pain in one place at any one thought. Your, your, your mind cannot actually register the same pain that might be in the finger as in the toe or any other part of the body because you and I exist one thought at a thought. One thought at a time. Once you know that, it explains lots of chazals. For example... Mar ben Nechassim is Lashon Yachid or Rabim? It's Rabim. It's in the plural. So what should come next? Mar ben Nechassim, Mar be It should be in the plural. But it doesn't say that. It says Mar ben Nechassim, Mar be One second. I'm worrying about this property and I'm worrying about these metals in here. I'm worrying about this car and that car and that... Uh, if a person's got lots of assets, that's a lot of daigas. So why do Chazal call it one daiger? Because where do you and I exist in reality? In time and space, which was also part of Hashem's creation, you and I exist one thought at a time. So you and I can only live one thought at a thought. Do you, do you follow the logic? So you can't have more than one daiger. I might, have a, I might be worried about my business and my health and my career and my children and grandchildren and my mother-in-law, my father-in-law and brother. I might have a lot of lots of concerns and worries, but the place I exist in, in time and space, is always one thought at a thought. One thought at a time. And that's why the Yetzirah Sahara is never in plural. You, where do you ever see it written, Yitzrei Hara'is? One second, there's a Yetzirah for Nashim, for Mamain, for Kavad, for Kesef, for eating, drinking. There's lots of Yetzirahs. And one person 
surely has more than one. They're not a tzaddik gamma who can say David Amalek's lashon of libi halal bekirbi. So I'm fighting the Yetzirah on lots of fronts. But then why isn't it in plural? Because Lashon HaKadosh is perfect. It reflects reality. So you can't have more than one Yitzhahara at a thought. It only can attack me one thought at a time. Do you follow the logic? It's very simple. This has suddenly made life extremely simple. The reality of reality, the real MS, is you and I exist one thought at a time. That's the only place we ever exist in. It's called Olam HaDimyon, Olam HaShekev, because it's so brilliantly camouflaged. It's brilliant. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, his hashkacha is so brilliant that in just two words of years and years of worry, in two words, Yosef HaTzadik dispels all the confusion that his brothers have in the two words, Ani Yosef. And all of a sudden... So many things that make no sense suddenly, immediately make sense. And a Kaddish Baruch Hu will say two words and all of a sudden there'll be no questions. There'll be no lack of clarity. It won't be Olam HaKoshech, Olam HaDimyon, Olam HaSheker because it'll be so obvious the moment he says two words, Ani Hashem. And so said Rabbi Shimon Schwab, what we're saying every day when we say Hashem Elokeichem Emes, he said it can't be that we're saying Hashem, you are truth. That's too obvious. It's too simple. Of course you're truth. But that's not what the word really means. It means reality. That is not simple. That I'm training to really accept you're the only reality. <coughs> so I want to share with you so Gemara in the Darim, Daf Mem Aleph, Amud Aleph, right at the top, the very fascinating Lashon. Da Be Kule Be. Someone who's got Das, he's got everything. Shaloi Da Be, if he hasn't got Das, Ma Be, what has he got? Another Lashon there is Im Das Kanisa, if you acquire Das, Ma Chasarata, what are you missing? Im Das Chasarata, Ma Kanisa. But if I don't have Das, what have I acquired? What do I have? So I want to share with you the almost extreme lotion of, of Rashi, who he just sim- he says it's so simple. He says, If someone's got das, we're going to translate that in a few moments, or put it under the microscope. Someone who's got das, he's got everything. It's interesting, Rashi is like telling you the the reverse, he's not missing anything. He's not missing anything. And then on the language, if a person has acquired das, what's he missing? Rashi adds, What is this das that we're talking about? It's not complicated, it's not mysterious, it's extremely simple. In fact, it's the, almost the last taste Chazal wanted us to have on our lips at the end of Shachris Minchamariv, when we say, from Pashas Vesharam, Perak Dalad, I want you to know today, and bring it into your thoughts. Of course I know Hashem's real. Of course I know. 
but what am I thinking during the day when I have a sikhsukh, a conflict with this child, with this teenager, with this mother-in-law, with this brother-in-law, with this sister, with this brother, with this parent, with this grandchild, with this spouse, with the... You follow the... What am I thinking? So I'm saying the words, of course I know you exist, Hashem. But Hashem's asking me for more than that. Don't just know it intellectually, but think about it as well. When's, when's the hardest time to think about it? When I'm in the illusion of thinking, you make me so mad. My spouse is ruining my life. I gave you the best years of my life. This teenager, his chutzpah is more like I could have ever had in my lifetime to my parents. And I'm so busy with Olam Hazer blaming and complaining and denying it's my fault, giving excuses why it's everyone else's fault. And a Kaddish Baruch who wants me to know, even when I mess up, he's not going to give up on me. He's going to give me another chance. And he'll send me the same spouse to press the same buttons. He'll send me the same teenager, press the same buttons again. I didn't learn my lesson the first time from the ill health, Rahman al-Islam. And I go back to the same habits, the same diet, same lack of exercise. I was just speaking to someone last night. Mind-blowing. The... Uh, I forget the name of the rabbi in, in, in Lakewood who has uh, Parkinson's from Rahmanistan uh, and went into recluse. He was just too afraid for the, the in public he would be seen um, not having proper coordination of his body, suddenly like freezing or not moving and then um, not being able to get the words out uh, and different movements that uh, our symptoms and giveaway of, of um, Parkinson's and then he started a program of dancing and martial arts and um, it's becoming a, a movement started actually in Eretz role where the mechanics are very simple by dancing and moving the body especially to music uh, one is bringing more and more oxygen to different parts of the body and the Parts of the body that are not used to moving, because Parkinson seems to be a disease that's taking over, they are training in moving. So in his particular case, actually reversed it, that's, re that's really remarkable. That's really remarkable. In most cases, what it does, at least it arrests it. It, it really slows it down tremendously. Why am I bringing this out? I'm trying to remember what the connection was. Uh, you can't read my mind, and uh, I can't even remember what I was going to say. Oh, thank you. So, uh, the, the medical science seems to be on the side of claiming that if my body is not used to moving that much over the years and decades, um, God forbid, I could, I, that's one of the reasons I could be a candidate for, for this type of an illness. Um, so that, I just found that that's, that's very interesting because you see, where you and I truly exist is over here in our mind. And I, forgive me, I've forgotten the name of the doctor in Eretz Yisrael who's, who's starting all these different clinics. They're like uh, music and movement and uh, boxing and dancing clinics uh, around the world. It's very simple, it's super simple um, to help people with this particular disposition, known as PD, Parkinson's disease, um, actually slow it down. 
in this particular case, this rabbi, uh, please forgive me for not remembering his name, um, has that, is actually reversing it. He used to be the fundraiser for uh, Chaim Stein's yeshiva in, in, in Lakewood. Um, but he's going public about the fact that he was, he was in a situation where he didn't want to be seen in the public because uh, uh, some people have such a, a fear of being discovered for what they've got and it's only deteriorating and there's no known cure. And yet it appears that everything you and I experience in this world is not what this world <coughs> seems to be sending us. Everything you and I truly experience is what's taking place over here. There is no, there is no other experience. This explains a lot of Khazals. We mentioned it uh, um, before. You've got Sara Imenu who was kidnapped twice, not once, twice. She's barren 90 years, every month. Oh, it's not this month, uh, not this month, not this month. This goes on for months, years, decades, decades, decades. She took on a co-wife, Hagar. She went through not all, but most of the Nisiyanis that her husband, Avram Avinu, went through. She was at the famine, and yet the Torah reveals to us the Medrash Rashi quotes on Perakhaf Gimel, Pasuk Aleph, Vayiyu Chaye Sarah. Oh, great, we're going to hear about all the life of Sarah. Mer Shana, Ve'esim Shana, Ve'sheva Shanim, Shnei Chaye Sarah. 100 years, 20 years, 7 years, these are the years of the life of Sarah. Well, you just introduced the Pasuk telling me you're going to talk about the life of Sarah. So why do you end up saying Shnei Chaye Sarah? I already know you're talking about the, the life of Sarah. Why are you saying these are the years of Sarah? So the Majesh Rabbah quoting what HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabbeinu when he told him to write these words. What was she experiencing throughout the 127 years of her life? It's astonishing. You and I would, I think, on, on our initial gut reaction, would say, this is total denial of reality. And yet her description, her definition of her entire 127 years was Kulan. How much is Kulan? 80%, 90%, 95 do I hear 96 97 the corner, 98 It's 100%, Kulan! All the years of life, Kulan, Shavim, were equally Lataiva, good. How could you say that? And the answer is very simple. There's only one reality, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, His Torah, and the Torah's instructions of how I'm supposed to think. There's lots of mitzvahs of telling me how to think. And then there's a different seeming reality, which is Olam Adimyan, Olam Hazer. And when I read the fake news, which is all that it really is, in the newspapers or on the iPhone or uh, listen to it on the radio, it's all fake. It's not real. Why not? Why isn't it real? That's a real, that really happened. What do you mean it's not real? Because you and I never have the full picture. If it's not the full picture, it's not the real picture. You and I never know what is the full picture. It's impossible. So only the Torah breathed into our soul, which learned Kala Tarakula before we were born, and that's why we call HaKadosh Baruch Hu HaMelamid Torah He's our greatest Rebbe every day. He's the greatest Rebbe you and I have ever had. HaMelamid is not a teacher. That's, that's actually from a different religion. I'm not going to talk about it now. But the word Melamed actually means to extrapolate. It's the lotion of the Mitsudas in Perak Hafgim or Pasuk Hafdalad in Mishle on the word Yoelet Hacham, he said, A Malamid is Loshen Moilid. He's causing the birth. 
That's what Meilid means. He's causing the birth of Chachma, wisdom, Beleva Talmud, in the mind of the student. Oh, interesting. You mean the student already has Das. The student already knows. The student already can answer the questions of his life. So then how do you get that out of them? Oh, so a good teacher is someone who knows how to help the student reveal what they already have inside. He's Meilid. He's causing the birth. But the child inside the womb is already there. It's not the midwife who's giving birth. She's causing. She's helping in that. But she's not the one who's actually giving birth. Oh, so you, Akarish Baruch, we call you the Melamed. Torah, Le'am Yisrael. Every day you are helping us to get out of inside of us the clarity. That's what Torah is. Clarity that you gave us before we were born and then made us forget. But it's really, it's just all about retrieval. Oh, so Imdas Kanisa, what type of Das? Sarah Main will tell you, oh, you're reading the events of Elam Hazer that took place in my life, but I'm reading back to you what was going through my mind. That even in the moment of gut reaction when I laughed and said, I'm too old to have a child, I caught myself as instant later and realized this is what I've been davening for for years, decades, nearly 90 years. And so when the Torah accused her a second later, why did you laugh? She immediately says the Chidush Erim, Chapt, that was the old Sarah, and she did Teshuvah. And in one second, she's a different person, said, oh, that's the old Sarah. I didn't laugh. Because where do you and I exist? Only in thought. How long is the life of your thought? As long as you think it. So how far are you away from the next thought? One thought away. So when she thought, thoughts of, oh, this is a tragedy. You know, this idea with Hagar has completely gone all the way around. She did the right thing to expel her, but was she digering all day long about it? Avram Avinu is told by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, take your son, which one? Your only son, the one you love. I love both of them. They're both only sons from both. No, Yitzhak. Okay. And bring him up as an Eulah. Seemingly as a carbon. And how long is the journey to Har Hamaria? Three days. And how did he go? Train? Concord? Speedboat? He walked, right? Maybe with camels. So um, is that a long time to do some thinking about what you're doing? Is that a good question? What was he thinking those three days? Well, Chazal actually tell us, the Sahara, in the form of the Satan, came and started trying to persuade him, old man, you're going senile. You really think you heard Hashem speak to you? It wasn't. It wasn't Hashem. And what's Avram Avinu's response? We spoke about this last time. You know, you get a pop-up. You know what a pop-up is, right? I'm not, not you personally, but your non-Jewish neighbor will tell you. A pop-up is when you have a, an iPhone or uh, Android or a smartphone and a, an ad or some other thing comes up on the screen. You've only got two options. Either delete or open it up. I call it explore or ignore. So your thoughts are exactly the same. Your thoughts are pop-ups. Your thoughts are pop-ups. You can't stop the pop-ups. Your thoughts are, your thought, your mind is constantly, even when you're asleep, your mind is constantly thinking. We don't notice it until we wake up. 
Sometimes we remember a nightmare, but it's only a nightmare. It's just a memory. Trauma is a memory. It's not happening now. A painful memory of my spouse and my kids. It's not, it's not happening now. It's a memory. For me to bring it into my life now, I've got to think about it. But that's a choice I'm making. Because I can very easily get Masih Das and get distracted because that's where we live all the time, in thought. So comes along Avram Avinu and Chazal tell us, absolutely astonishing, Rashi tells it in the Mishnah Perukit Avais, Perik Hey Mishnah Gimel, where it says, Asara Nisyonis Ninasa Avram Avinu, the Ahmad Bakulam. How did he stand up to all ten Nisyonis? So Rashi reveals, Shalor, hear Akarav. He didn't think. He didn't think about after he was told to take his son. How can you not? Oh, because if there was, I'm saying if. If there was a pop-up, oh man, why are you doing this? Are you out of your mind? Delete. I don't, don't you understand? All your life you've been telling everybody that God is a God of kindness. He's not interested in you proving your loyalty by sacrificing your children. So obviously it can't be God who's told you this. Delete. Every single argument, delete, delete. I don't think that when, it, when Rashi says, Shalohi Acharav, and in Allah Lashon there is also, Shalohi Acharav, Midoy Sav, Shalakadosh Baruch, Muroiv Avasai. He didn't, he didn't uh, think about second guess, because a Nisayan to put on tefillin, which I don't think anybody in this room has, when they wake up in the morning, is not a Nisayan. You know why? Because you don't think about it. If you see pork or bacon, you're not enticed and you, because you're not thinking about it. You pass McDonald's, if a thought would pop up, that's stupid. <laughs> I'm not going to eat that. So even if the thought came, it would be deleted on the reason I have such an assoyan with this spouse, with this child. It's because I'm thinking about it. And I'm thinking about it. And I'm thinking about it. I met just a few weeks ago, a very interesting conference, a Wendy Sarusi. She's married to an Italian. She's actually born Jewish. Fascinating lady, diagnosed with cancer about 10 years ago and then went into remission. Came back seven years ago, in, uh, seven years ago, stage four cancer. Doctors gave her a few months, maybe. Seven years later, she's going around the world talking about, I'm not cancer. My body has cancer. But that's not who I am. And she keeps talking about thought being the reality. And therefore, gratitude is a thought. Happiness, oh, that's a thought. You and I call it Bechira, but Bechira is a thought. Teshuva is Bechira. It's a thought. That's why Kaddish Baruch has to tell us this thing called Teshuva, some say it's talking about Torah, Karoiv Hadava Ma'oid. It's extremely close to you. Beficha. In one word I can say sorry, erases everything. And in your thoughts, last I say to do it, to turn around. Is it worth HaKadosh Baruch Hu sending someone into this world who ends up doing every Aveira in the book, Has Shalom, and has one hearer of Teshuva in his entire life? Would it be worth it in God's reality? So you and I say, hey guys, the guy's a Rosh Gamur. He ends up in Gehenna. For how long? How long? 12 months. We had one hero of Teshuvah. After the 12 months, max. 
What's going to happen? He gets Gan Eden for the one hero of Teshuva. That's Hashem's reality. A Jew is dying, and it's Shabbos. You have a mitzvah to Mahal Shabbos. How about if the only way to save him would be to Mahal all 39 Malachas? Would you still have a mitzvah? Theoretically speaking, if every Jew in the world had to Mahal Shabbos to save this Jew's life, and you would only be able to save it for one second, and right now he's un unconscious, but he's still got a pulse, so you know he's alive, but he's not responding in any way. If you would know scientifically, that his life would be saved for one second if everyone were, just theoretically speaking, if everyone was Michal Shabbos and broke every single Avera in the entire Torah except for three in order to save someone's life, would you and I and all Klal Yisrael have a mitzvah to be Michal Shabbos and break every Avera in the Torah except for three to save this Jew's life for one second? Yes or no? Isn't that remarkable? So you put on the scale all the Averas of the Torah, minus three, and you put this man's life for one second and he's not even conscious. What could be so valuable that in Hashem's reality, the scale will be tipped in the opposite direction and that one moment of this man's life is worth more than every Jew being Mahalashapas and all the Averas to save his life. What can he do in one second? And the answer is, oh, a hero of Teshuvah. Oh, so in Hashem's reality, this world is, this is so far from, and the moment we leave this world, and the Hashem, all answers are in those two words, no more questions. I'll tell you two story and end here. About 30 years ago, maybe a little bit more, I remember being on a Pesach program, um, wasn't wasn't uh, popular in those days as it is today, but I was, I was not speaking, I was just uh, in my uh, young 20s, uh, newly married with uh, my eldest kid at the time, I think was about three, maybe four years old, um, in, a, in a hotel, in, it was St. Moritz, it was very, very pretty there, and it was interesting that during Cholamayed uh, and the nights, there was quite a few Holocaust survivors, and they would gather and talk together. So, I'll never forget, uh, one, one of the evening meals, my son was complaining um, because um, he didn't want the vanilla ice cream, he wanted the chocolate. And so he was crying and having, having a tantrum. And uh, this lady passes by and she says in, in a very thick uh, accent, and what are you complaining about? And what are you complaining? She said it twice. So during Holomoid, one of those evenings, I was listening to some of their stories, horrific. She was married before the war, lost her husband and her only child. Her only child was, um, she had him in the camps for a very brief period, and there was one particular Nazi officer who took a liking to the child and offered to save the child. She didn't trust him, but when it came to the selection and she was on her way to the gas chambers, she decided she would agree, didn't have a choice. And in front of her, and it's difficult for me to say some, uh, some young minds here, uh, took the child by the legs and swung him against a, uh, a brick wall. And I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe what I'm hearing. So at a later opportunity, I actually asked her, I said, after, after the Holocaust, how do you wear a shaitel and keep Pesach with, with matzah and and you remarry and you started Yiddishkeit again. How do you do that after what you've been through? 
I will never forget her simple answer. It was, it was like astonishing. She said with such simplicity that I, I felt embarrassed for the stupidity of the question. She said with such tamimus and penetrating simplicity, you want I should question God? You want I should question God? And it suddenly hit me, the way she was asking me, like throwing it back at me, she was kind of saying, but don't you know who God is? Do, do, you, you, can't, you can't question God. You know, do you know who God is? He's the perfect dion. He doesn't even make any mistakes. So sometimes one has to hear it from someone who is qualified to be able to say that. But that's Olam Hanesayim. That's Olam Hazer. That's Olam Hasheker. That Hashem wants us to recognize that the real world is not what's taking place outside of our minds. The real world is what's taking place over here. And as many times as I've tripped over my own self and fall into the accusations and the blaming and the complaining and the anger and the frustration and the anxiety and everything else that I fall into, it's all thought in the moment. My anxiety is thought. My anger is thought. The memory of my trauma is still thought. And how far am I away from the next thought? One thought away, ever, always. That's simply the reality of it. You and I have been created with an neshama that knows that reality. And makirim divrei emes. Our neshama recognizes that when something is emes, oh, that's you, Hashem. Oh, that's your terror. Oh, that's your reality thinking. Emuna is reality thinking. Oh, that's reality thinking. Oh, there's no other power except you. Oh, that's reality thinking. Oh, that's reality. Oh, that's reality. And these are all mitzvahs of the mind. It's all reality thinking. So Hashem has given us His Torah for me to get clear as how to view Olam Hazer is acting on me. But how I play it out in my mind is my Bechira, thought in the moment. In the source of knowing that Akash Baruch Hu loves us so much that even with all, and not to take away the pain, with all the pain and the difficulty that we do go through, every single thought of being done on Akash Baruch Hu, on our spouse, on our children, on Hashem running of the world, is what makes it all worthwhile. Just one hero of Teshuvah is worth it, but Kol Shekain, every time we put on film, every time we sit sit, every time we keep Shabbos, every time we make a bracha, it all counts. It's all so worth it. In the source of that, we will zochet to much nachas from our children and much simchan lives. Amen.